Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? Welcome back to the Steelers Preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, the triumphant trio, Brian Anthony Davis, podcast producer. What's up, Brian? Hello! <laughs> Dave Schofield, the other co-editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. What what's up, that? Dave? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited. There you go. Dave, I'm, I'm happy to be here too with you guys. I've, is, I've got a I've great. got a bone to pick with you, Dave. Uh-oh. I've got a rope. Yeah. It's the hat you're wearing. How in the world could you not be wearing your 19 hat? I you wore it to- Tuesday and made a big <laughs> deal out of it, and I didn't want everyone to have to hear it again. Then I'm like, I get to keep wearing the hat. I made a really big deal about it on, on the Scobro show. And I'm like, the live chat, and everyone they don't want to hear about that again. I better it's time to get back into the rotation. So let's talk about some of the news that has broken. And there's been a significant amount since the last time we were on together last Thursday, none larger than in my opinion, Juju Smith Schuster coming back one year deal, very team friendly deal. Um, Guys, your knee jerk reaction to when you found out about Juju, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this because it's kind of old news at this point, but we haven't talked about it. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Your knee jerk reaction when Juju was signed. You know, it's kind of in professional wrestling when you see the heel change coming or you see the face turn coming. You know it's you know it's happening. Last week on this show, we kind of we kind of were starting to lay out things on how Juju could come back and how the longer that this goes, it feels like Juju might be coming back. And then the next day, I was elated. And the reason I was elated, one, because 
it's finally an athlete saying, looking at the big picture, and that's what happened with Juju. He looked at the benefits of staying here. Now, look, it could be selfish in 2022, but it doesn't matter. He's staying here because he loves what he has. He realized, and we're going to talk a lot about social media tonight, he realized that his brand could help pay the bills as well, and he realizes that there's an opportunity here, and we hear all of these players talk about, and we saw it this week with Bud Dupree, putting out a wonderful article about what being renegade and the city of Pittsburgh means to him. This stuff means something. And we hear all these players say after they left, man, I should have never left. I Earl Holmes did that. I actually heard Mike Merriweather said it to my face at an autograph signing when I was talking to him. Uh, you, you know, so it, it was refreshing to finally see that, that somebody looks at the big picture and realizes that, Hey, you know what? I could hold out another year let other things carry me, but I still have business to do here. So I also have got another year of writing stuff about bougie. Yep, there you go. There's a silver lining. Dave, what, are your, what was your knee-jerk reaction? My knee-jerk reaction was way to stick it to Wang Harbs. That's what I like. <laughs> Whenever, you know, you see that the, the, the Ravens offered more with incentives, you know, they had, the, you know, this. that's not the way that the Steelers set stuff up. So I'm I'm happy that he did it. I loved how they managed to keep it the cap hit low for this year. Um, yes, it does kick the can a little bit, but not as bad as it appears. I mean, my goodness, he's counting less on this year's salary cap than Zach Banner. But what my not immediate knee-jerk reaction, but what I saw you know, come over the weekend that I really like about this signing is the number of people that said Juju was my was my son or my daughter's favorite player, and I had them setting up that he wasn't going to be with the Steelers next year. And to be able to tell them that Juju's coming back next year just made my day, made my weekend. I those are the kind of things that I like to hear. Um, especially, you know, if we're not passing on our love for the Steelers to the next generation, then shame on us. So I'm glad at least if those kids are, you know, if, if, if they look up to Juju and they can relate to him, I'm glad they get him for another season, at least in Pittsburgh. I don't want to change the subject, but there's someone in the live chat right now, Dave, you wanted to ask a question. Oh, to, uh, based there on she the, is. there she is. That's right. So why don't you go ahead, Dave? Hey, Felicia, <laughs> I have to know. I only got I got the call really late for the Art Rudy fan forum call today, and there was a Felicia from Louisiana that asked a question towards the end, and I'm like, "That's got to be our girl, Felicia. It's got to be. It's got to be." Tell me if it was. Tell me if it was, Felicia. We'll wait for you in the live chat to let us know if that was indeed you. All I'm right. hoping because I only know one Felicia from Louisiana that's a Steelers fan. So. <laughs> oh, maybe there's another one. You never maybe know. There's another one. You never know. Well, we'll wait for her response and we'll talk about that when we see it. But the, the Juju Smith-Schuster signing also came on the heels of some other pretty big news. I mean, we had just found out that the Steelers were giving Steven Nelson the opportunity to up oh, that was her yes Felicia <laughs> yes! yes! says today's the best West day Felicia. ever I was on the conference call with Mr. Rooney that was me 17 minute 20 second mark good for you Felicia yes, I got that and I, I heard your voice as soon as it said Felicia I'm like oh is that our Felicia and then she said about being from Louisiana I'm like I think that's our Felicia so I'm sorry I call you our Felicia hey now that she is media call experience we could replace Dave with Felicia now Jeff there we go I could have another <laughs> night off <laughs> 
that's good for that's awesome that's That's, awesome i love it i love it okay um what i was saying was it it came we found out it actually was reversed we had found out around one o'clock on friday that the steven steven nelson was granted the permission to seek a trade and it was like oh my gosh like what in the world is going on and then right after that probably like 130 juju smith schuster is coming back on a one-year deal so let's we've already talked about juju let's also talk about Steven Nelson, we know he's been released at this point. Friday was when he was told he could seek a trade. We obviously know that the Steelers were not going to be able to get a trade partner. So let's do the same drill. Knee-jerk reaction to Steven Nelson. Brian, go ahead. I'm probably taking Dave's uh, stance on this because we've talked about this and we've mentioned it, but I think we're all probably uh, in unison when we say that Steven Nelson thought that he was worth so much more than – than what the Steelers were willing to pay. So that's probably what I I knew when they said trade, everyone's like, oh, we could get a two. We could get a one. We could get this. I'm like, you're getting nothing. And I put it in fact or fiction. Then uh, then somebody else goes ahead on, on another uh, Pittsburgh radio station and says it and they get credit for it. But we were talking, BTSC, all of us were talking about that last week. There's no way that teams are going to be able to trade for this guy when they could wait because there's so many other people. I mean, there are about five or six cornerbacks right now on the list that could be starters in this league next year. I think a guy like Brian pulls one of them. You might, a lot of people might not agree on a Richard Sherman, but Richard Sherman's out there looking for a job. We know that guy can still start. So you're not going to throw a sixth round pick on a guy or a fourth round or anything on a guy when you could be patient and just go ahead and pick him off the waiver wire. Dave, let's say you. Yeah. I talked about this a little bit Tuesday night as well. Um, it was one of those things of, there is so much more to the story than we know. You know, there's, I mean, there, there's got to be, we don't know. We can assume some things, but we're, I'm like, but like I say, we're just making an assumption that did the Steelers say, Hey, we want to, we need to do something about your large salary cap hit for this year. What did they ask him to do? Did they not offer him extension? Did they want to work out an extension, but he thought that he was going to be getting more up into that $13 million a year range where the Steelers might not have even wanted to pay more than the eight and a half million he got over three years when they signed him the first time. It could have been that the numbers were off. And if the numbers were that far off, then that's why things probably would have gone sour real fast. Because there, it must have just been that the Steelers decided we can't have him play for this number this year. We've got to do something. And if he wasn't willing to do anything because he was worth more, then they were basically left with then our options are to let him go. I believe Steven Nelson thinks he's a top five corner, and I believe the Steelers feel that he is not even their number one option. My Yeah, my only question is, and I said this on my Let's Ride that's going to run Friday morning, is if the Steelers even had an inkling, to me this reeks of they hadn't even had this discussion with him before. Because like you said, Dave, if it was about money and finances and he wanted this and that and the other, if he's going to read, I just don't understand why this all came to a head when it did. And if he was the guy that was going to be cut and he was on the block, like why wouldn't you make this move earlier? Like why, why wouldn't you try to free up that space sooner so that maybe there's a player or two that you could have targeted? I, I guess I'm just saying, I don't know why the discussion didn't happen earlier. You can say 17 game, but it still hasn't been approved. Oh, I know. And that's what I was going to say. I wasn't going to exactly say that. 
they're they've got to be knowing what they're going to be able to do with players that they haven't done the deals yet. Because I know some people are like, why haven't they restructured Stefan Tuitt or Chris Boswell? You know, there are things that the Steelers. If, I talked about it on on this I morning listened. stat geek. I listened. It was a good one. Okay, and I probably made your brain hurt a ton, didn't I? Jim? Yes, it was very okay. painful. But but <laughs> if you look at the players that the Steelers have redone contracts with, either done extension, you know, added on years, we still don't know exactly what they did with Eric Ebron. We have a hypothesis of this, but nothing official. Um, but all, with the exception of Ben Roethlisberger, all these deals are contracts that are that were signed under the new CBA. Because the only deal that they've done anything with, with anyone where they've changed any numbers for this year is Ben Roethlisberger. And he flat up took a pay cut. So he wasn't, he's a whole different category because somebody, maybe they asked Nelson to take the pay cut. Maybe they said, Hey, we want to go ahead and rework your deal now. Oh, well, based and Steven Nelson, you know, they should have known that, well, based on our, my base salary, I'm due a one seventeenth game check where they add this extra game that, that I'm going to get paid, you know, almost, you know, basically a half a million dollars extra. And if the Steelers are like, you know what, we're not going to be, we're not going to give you the extra half million. We just want to work, rework the numbers you have now. That might've been an issue. We, I mean, we don't know, but all these guys, like maybe even Joe Hayden, maybe David DeCastro, um, of course I said to it and Boswell, they probably have an idea what they want to do with those guys. And I've had talked to them, but they're waiting for the exact scenario to come up because of how the 17th game works with contracts under the old CBA, but they have to know that they're going to be able to do it. Yeah. They just are going to have to wait till they can make things more official. A little bit of an explanation. If you want more in-depth stuff, check out Dave Statgeek. He really dives into that, and it's really good stuff. It's really educational. We'll put it yeah, that way. I was I was basically looking at every contract that the Steelers could redo and yeah. how much they could save to say how much more money could they possibly squeeze. It's pretty interesting, so check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now they did make a few other signings, they being the Pittsburgh Steelers. They bring in uh, – is it is it Miles Killebrew? Yes. Yes. Uh, Miles Kilbrew, Joe Haig, and the Pokemon King, Cassius Marsh. I'm going to continue to call him the Pokemon King. So, can, can um, you explain that? Because you put that out on our <laughs> Slack, and I'm like, mm, my, my son well, likes Pokemon. Yeah, but no, there was an article. I have no he, idea. Has, nope. he has his own store, doesn't he? No, I don't know. He's a big card guy. So yeah. he's like Pokemon cards. What is it? Dungeons and Dragons, or what yeah. is that? I don't know. I, that's not me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Jeff doesn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But no, seriously, um, that's why I call him the Pokemon King. Um, but they all were signed to one-year deals. Uh, where Haig was two, Hague wasn't was he? Two. Yeah. Yes. Here's and, two. Go ahead. And that's the only one that we actually had the financials on yet. Right. We don't have the other ones yet. So here's two quick questions. Out of the three, which one? We'll do three questions. Which one was the most surprising? Brian, we'll start with you. Of the three, the most surprising, nothing really surprised me. No, in the Pokemon King, no, that, wow. that's a cheap signing. That, I mean, that, that's an oh, easy yeah, signing, but... you know, bringing a guy like that in, you, you know, you don't have much to lose. That's a guy that you, they're gonna make those signings all day. I think probably Miles Killebrew surprised me the most because it signaled in my mind the end of Jordan Dangerfield with the team. Because Probably. you've got a special teams ace. Yeah. The uh, one thing that I would like to uh, bring up 
apparently the Steelers lost a special teams ace this week, as uh, Ian Rappaport put it out there, <laughs> that they lost their special team ace, Ola Denny. I think he's more like a, uh, a seven of diamonds, <laughs> yeah. a special team seven of diamonds. So, um, you know, <laughs> Rappaport must watch a lot of Steelers football. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that tells you a lot. But yeah. no, I, I really think these are these are really good Steeler signings. They're not sexy and they're never going to be. Joe Haig, that's a guy that in front of millions and millions, he got thrown a touchdown pass. In <laughs> You can't do the eyebrow. I've been trying for years. Um, so what I'm saying is he was thrown a touchdown uh, opportunity, which he dropped in the end zone. But this is a guy who has started for the for a Super Bowl champion last year, not a bunch of games, but he he started. He is a perfect guy to go ahead and put in there for depth on that team. If something happens, you can trust this guy to play well. The Killebrew thing I love, but that surprises me just because of the Dangerfield thing, David. Yeah, David. No, I was going to say, are we still on what's just the most surprising? surprising? Yes. Okay. To me, the Hague signing was the most surprising. Because you signed him for two years, you signed him for what you did. I mean, granted, it's I think it's what is it 1.5 million that he's counting towards the cap this year. But he was when he actually played as the non-jumbo tight end, he was not good in Tampa. He was he really was not. I mean, it 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 was quite disappointing for them. So I'm kind of surprised that they're like, oh, well, let's let's spend because right now, out of all their signings, he's the only one that's actually counting in the compensatory formula. He's he caused the Tyson Alualu to be crossed out for now. Now it doesn't mean that the Steelers couldn't lose somebody else and it crossed off a different player, but that's what it is right now. And I'm just like, I to for to do that, I thought they might have had better options. But maybe for that money they didn't. That was just the one that was surprising. I, I just I didn't see it as much of a quality upgrade. For me, it was the Pokemon King. He didn't mm-hmm. really show anything when he was here. He hasn't shown anything really wherever he's been. And I guess if I was looking for depth, I would almost rather pay that to Adenye, who knows the system's been there, has shown some promise maybe earlier in his career, but. I don't know. I, I it was just I was like, really? They're signing Cassius Marsh? Come on, go ahead, Dave. Well, this means this tells me, okay, you do not want Cassius Marsh as your third linebacker. You want no. him as your fourth linebacker. You don't because, even want him on your team. No, 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 because I was gonna say, because believe it or not, take this Ian Rappaport. Marsh was way better on special teams. That's yeah, he had a he had a couple he, good hits. Very good on special teams. Yeah. When he had to go in and play on defense in the playoff game, it's a guy that you don't want to have to call on much. But if you're going to have your depth piece at outside linebacker be a special teams guy, at least you want him to be a good special teams guy. Um, but I really, I would not, I'm going to be extremely nervous if he's the number three option going into the season. All right, before we get to the next question, Double HH gives us 20 bucks. He says, the circle is complete. Gave every show time of BTSE a super chat grant. I'm looking forward to draft day summaries. Double HH, thank you very much. We appreciate the tip. I'm looking forward to the draft as well. All right, now, next question. Which of these three was did you think was the best signing? Real quick, Brian, go ahead. I'm actually going to go ahead and say Killebrew 
again, even though I love the the uh, Hague signing, and I, I don't have a problem with Marsh, but let's say Killebrew because they were looking at him in 2016. He has great special teams ability. I think that's the guy that they're looking forward to uh, keep it going as far as the uh, special teams torch. Dave, you agree, disagree? Oh yeah, I my favorite of these is the Killebrew signing. Jeffrey and I did a, a Steelers Vertex about him, and the biggest thing that I brought up that then Jeffrey's like, "Wow," is how he completely changed after his first two seasons into the next three seasons because uh, he lost his defensive coordinator, Who one was? Terrell Austin. <laughs> yeah. So he, he he played a lot when Austin when Coach Austin was the defensive coordinator. So this tells me that. To me, I think that this means, you know, they have him lifted, listed as a linebacker. They have him listed as a defensive back. He's kind of one of those hybrid guys like Marcus Allen. I think he's going to end up more of the strong safety dime, dime, dime linebacker type of player. Um, I think Coach Austin has a plan for him to where he could use him something in the defense like he did in Detroit. But even if they don't, they got a great special teams player, high character signing, good locker room guy. That's what I like the most. I agree with that. Agree with that 100%. Now, let's move on. I was going to ask a question. We kind of answered about who has the biggest impact. I think we all know what that answer is out of those three. Outside of signings and departures, Art Rooney II, as we uh, he spoke to our own Felicia during hey, his Felicia. call on Thursday. Uh, he, he had a lot to say, as he always does. And we've talked about whether fans should even listen or take heed to what he's saying. Um, ask you guys a couple thoughts on some of the things that he did talk about. He pretty much said the 17th game's a lock. It's going to happen. Your thoughts quickly on that, Brian. What do you think about the 17th game this year? You know what? You're chopping it down to three uh, preseason games. You're yep. adding an extra game. The AFC is going to be the host team this year, so they'll get that game. I'm wondering um, exactly how they do that, or the how many, uh, how much of the gate or what have you are they going to give to the NFC team, or are they just going to wait until next year? As Dave's shaking his head, and and so that's pretty much what I figured, but that's one of the things that I do wonder. You know, I think it's great. Um, I don't, I have not wrapped my head around all of uh, everything that's going to be financial, that's what it's going to do to contracts. I know Dave knows a whole lot more about that. I'm fine with it. They've been flirting with this for a while. If you can just take one game that's meaningless and make it meaningful, it's going to be a lot more interesting as fans. Dave, what do you think? 17th game for it or against it? Oh, it's it's coming. I'm it's funny. I'm I've always been for it because I mean, come on, we get to see more football, we get to see more meaningful football. But then you look at a situation like the 2020 Steelers, where they just kind of ran out of gas and fell apart at the end of the season, whether or not it was all running out of gas or just falling apart for whatever reason. I mean, if, if you add in a 17th game, then that would have even been another one before they had to turn around to the postseason. And a team like the way, I'll be honest with you, late buys are going to be even more beneficial. I hope they just bump all the bye weeks back and don't even start them too early if they're going to be 17 games. Um, but that's just me. But the, the way I think it's going to work, Brian, I can't say for sure, is that you're just going to get your revenue because you know it's every other year. But the... It's nice because you're going to get the, the added revenue of a regular season game, but teams that have the 
the AFC teams that will have the extra home game will, from what I understand, they'll have one less home preseason game. So like the, the Steelers will still have 10 home games, but instead of eight regular season and two preseason, it's going to be one preseason and nine. And then next year they'll have two preseason home games and eight. Um, I guess over time it'll all equal out, but bring on more football. I'm actually against it. I feel like this is a really greedy play by the NFL. I felt like the system that they had, I was okay with the expanded playoff format last year. Um, I felt like that was change enough. I just didn't feel like they needed to add a 17th game. I don't like how the, the it's going to change. You know, everyone's always, you know, everything needs to always be to 16. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. I don't think it was broken. I don't think they need a, it. It literally is to me, just seems like a money grab. And I under, I get it. That's what everyone's about. And then the NFL is a billion dollar organization for a reason, but kind of like us adding an extra podcast, right? Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> Might as well. I'm working Brian. hard. I'm, I'm working this angle. Jeez, already. Brian's in the uh, live chat, like recruiting show. Anyways, um, <laughs> he also said that he is planning as of now to host training camp at Latrobe back at St. Vincent college. And he's expecting fans at both, training camp and at Heinz field this year here's what's tough. And we're going to ask you guys your thoughts on this, but here's what's tough is that not only does the NFL dictate a lot of what the teams can do, but so does the state of Pennsylvania and it's been Pennsylvania. I mean, you look at other States, Texas is completely open, no restrictions. Uh, and Jerry Jones says we're going to have a full stadium this year. And guess what? They'll, they'll have a full stadium. <laughs> he said, we're going to do it safely, whatever that they're going to do that, but their state allows them to, Pennsylvania is a little bit different, guys. What do you think about fans being at training camp and training camp going back to St. Vincent? Brian, what do you think? You know what? This is tough for me because my views on everything are the views of what I'm doing in my personal life. And without getting into deep about this is I think uh, a lot of things are being rushed. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, but we've got to get back to normal, and that's what they're trying to do. But you got to monitor it. I hope the NFL monitors things. And if they see that things are going in the wrong direction, which means numbers going up, that could be, I mean, that could be a possibility. So that's just where I am in my stance. But, you know, if you have it and you're able to do it and do it safely, I'm all for it. I'm just not going to be there. Yeah, and that's fine. It's your prerogative. David, what do you think? Yeah, um, a lot can happen between now and September. Yes. You know, with, it's exactly what we said last year uh, at almost the exact same time. We're like, well, how's this? How's it going to play out by then? Oh, a lot could happen between now and September. You know, but that was also when people were talking about not being able to play games at all. I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think they'll – I don't know that they'll play in front of a full stadium right away, but I think there will be fans there. Um, by the time the regular season rolls around, the the only question is is how many and how how long it takes them to get to that. Um, we'll have a better idea in a couple months, and then we'll have an even better idea a couple months after that. So, it's an ever evolving story. Bring it on! Put the fans in the seats. Let's go. I mean, let's say if, if fans don't want to go, then they can't. They don't have to go. You know, that, that I think that's ultimately what should happen. I think that if you give the fans the right the season ticket holders, if you still aren't, don't feel safe, you can 
say, Hey, I'm not going to come this year and they'll sell your tickets on the open market and make money anyways. Um, I, I feel like it's one of those situations where so far I haven't heard at least in the NHL, the penguins, uh, they have fans and they're getting ready to double their fans. I believe they're winning two nothing last I checked. Um, <laughs> I was just going to look. <laughs> I saw you Dave. I was like, um, Thank you. I, I believe they're getting ready to double their, they were like 2,500. I think they're getting ready to go to like 6,000 fans. That's good news. I, if fans are, if fans are comfortable to go, go for it. If not, Stay home. That's fine. You know, that's, that's your option too. That's I think we all have should have options in life. All right, last thing. And I wrote this article for the website because I thought it was important enough to get this article out right away. Art Rooney, he said about the running game. But it's the way he said it. And what I read it, maybe I read it differently than other people did. He made it seem like they are really going to be focusing on the draft to address the running game. Now, what they might have done already, you, know, you think about Matt Canada, always had a good running game wherever he's gone. Asked James Conner when he was a pit. Uh, Adrian Clem is supposed to be a very good run blocking coach, uh, from especially from his playing days. Yeah, I think Zach Banner, if there's one question we don't have about Banner, it's his ability to run block. Uh, I have questions about pass blocking, not so much about run blocking. But guys, are you comfortable with the approach that we're going to fix everything in the draft? Or do you just think that's not even possible? Brian, what do you think? I think it's possible, but I think it's fool's gold. And let me explain that, because when you say that you're going to bring somebody in on the draft, that doesn't mean that you are bringing Travis Eddie in, uh, Najee Harris, um, either even Javante uh, Williams in the first round. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. That means you could be bringing in Chuba Hubbard in the fifth or Puka Williams in the seventh. That's just saying, hey, we're going to draft the running back. So don't go get too excited about this whole thing. Can it be done in the draft? Yes, it can be done in the draft. We've seen a lot of teams do well with it in the draft because running back has become a pick and play type of situation. You do not have to. It's not like a defensive back. You don't have to red shirt. There's not like like a quarterback where a lot of times that you do red shirt a guy for an entire year. And Mahomes is the last great example of it what we saw way back in uh, 2017 or 2018 when he came in. And you don't have to do that with a running back. You could plug and play and you're fine. And so they could really do so much better by bringing in, if they bring in one of these studs up top, like I call them the big three, and it's once again, Harris, Eddie, and and, uh, Williams. If you bring one of those guys in, you immediately have a stud running back and you just got to hope that you've got the blockers in play for them. Dave, you think that the draft is the place where we can kind of put a, at least a stepping stone out there to improve the running game? Yes, but I don't know that it necessarily means a running back because it really is going to come down to, like I said, I didn't even like their their philosophy of run blocking, you know, let alone their execution of it. I, I don't, you know, fire out and move the guy down the field. And that's not been, that wasn't the philosophy of the Steelers run blocking. It was just, you know, you know, more of a finesse and get the guy turned the right way to open up cracks and things like that. You know, I, they're going, and you know, they're going to address the run game in the draft in one way or the other, because there's, there's no way they can go out of this draft and not draft at least one, if not multiple offensive linemen. So people could turn around and say, oh, he said they were going to adjust the running game in the draft and they didn't take a running back. You know, I still think they will take a running back. But 
it could be, well, look, we did. We addressed it by the way we are shaping our offensive line. There's multiple ways they can do it, but I'm going to go back to what I've said many times. The st- <laughs> I still don't feel like the Steelers draft for this year's needs. They draft for next year's needs. Now, this is a different year that they might not be able to do that. I mean, because, I mean, look, look what they did last year with Chase Claypool, you know, in case they lost Juju. Alex Highsmith, in case they lose Bud Dupree. Kevin Dotson couldn't even get him on the field when they should have. So players like that. So that's kind of like what the Steelers like to do with the draft. That's why they try to build their roster the best they can through free agency. And then everything they do in the draft, when those players come in and when they're ready to play, they're just upgrades, you know? So when, when they're at that point and some players, it takes longer than others. Like they didn't expect Chase Claypool to be able to do what he did um, against the Philadelphia Eagles that early in the season. But that's why I'm saying you can do some of those things in the draft, but it might not even be that it's going to be huge for this year, but it's, it really will shape what the Steelers are doing in years to come. Absolutely. I know there was a lot of news and I'm sure that people that are watching live on YouTube or Facebook, or even if you're listening to part one in the audio, you're probably like, this has nothing to do with the title. We are going to get to the title. Okay. We wanted to talk about the news. We're going to get to the social media aspect of the Steelers. We'll be right back. If you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube, don't go anywhere. Check us out in part two. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.